Hey guys, welcome back. You guys are listening to The Good Planet featuring me, Marilyn. And Mariana. Where we talk about important current environmental events and issues. To kick us off, our question of the day mm-hmm. is, are efforts to reduce global population growth necessary? Well, as always, let's dive in and see. So first of all, we wanted to ask you all listening, what do you guys think of when we mention population control? When I hear about population control, I kind of think of books that heavily restrict one's life, such as The Giver, Divergent, in 1984. Same. I always think of like those dystopian books where you're only allowed to have like one child. And that leads me to the movie What Happened to Monday on Netflix, on Netflix, excuse me, which we will talk about later in the podcast. But for now, our question of the day is, are efforts to reduce global population growth necessary? And before we answer that, let's talk about how big our population has really grown. I feel like we all already know that the global human population has grown to huge amounts just in the past decade and century. But let's put it into perspective. So currently, about 150 people are born every minute. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. So if we multiply that by the 150 people being born every minute, 216,000 people born every day. There's 365 days in a year. So if we take that number and multiply it by 365, we get 78,840,000. So that's about 80 million people being born every year. Of course, this does not take into account infant mortality rates or death rates in general. But that's definitely a lot of people being born. Yeah, I kind of wondered why there are so many people being born if many countries already have access to family planning and all that. But we're going to get into that later. Also, to add on to what you were saying, it is predicted that the global population should be at 9 billion by 2050. And the current U.S. population is about 280 million. And in 50 years, it is predicted it will be 400 million. So the global human population has grown 3 billion in just the last 12 years out of the hundreds of thousands of years humans have lived on this planet. It's crazy to think that we're living in a time where our population is just rapidly growing like never before in history. And most of this growth is happening in developing countries where women generally have more children due to lack of resources, family planning, and cultural norms. Well, now that we realize just how much our population has grown and will continue to grow, you might be wondering if this much growth will affect different countries and people. Well, let's find out and see. Well, for one, population growth is without a doubt sooner or later going to put a strain on Earth's limited natural resources, and more people means we're going to be expanding out to live on natural habitats. I think that's already a crucial effect, but for more people in general, there are going to be effects on life. So poorer countries are going to be hit the hardest. There's going to be be limited water and food due to overcrowding. And generally, they just don't have the resources to deal with it. Also, because of overpopulation, these countries are going to have a harder time building their economy. And it's going to keep them in poverty. We have to mention the demographic transition model when talking about this. So if you're in AP Human Geography, you're already probably familiar with this. So, in essence, there's four stages, and the first stage is high birth rates and high death rates, and the fourth and final stage being low birth and low death rates. So, countries in the fourth stage are like the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. But many developing countries are in the second or third stage in which death rates have fallen a bit, but birth rates are still high. 
the stage at which countries are in is linked to their level of industrialization. So we have the goal for all countries to enjoy prosperity and reach a fourth, sta fourth stage. I just wanted to mention that because it's important to understand for us to discuss the reason as to why developing countries have rising populations. That's a good refresher because we are juniors now and we took human geo back in ninth grade. But back to what I was saying, high population growth is especially dangerous to women. I like what Cami has to say about this and I quote, when you go and give people contraceptives, especially the pill and in, in Trotterin devices, you liberate women from the home and childbearing, end quote. So when women are not given these options, they generally have a low quality of life and face a life to, of just having children, which can lead to health risks. And with fewer children around, parents can afford to give their kids a better quality of life with education, and this can then lead to future workforce productivity gains. And I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but again, there could be fewer resources in the, these developing countries with a large population with less electricity, housing, education, and sanitation. This can even lead to droughts. Yeah, that's extremely harmful to these people. That's why I think it's so important that we don't force, but give people the option to plan their families and the number of children they have. But what programs are in place to deal with this? Well, let's answer that in our next and final segment. Wait, before that, I want to say our first fact of the day. Okay, this one is a little random, but I realized that we never actually told you guys about us, so I wanted to actually tell you guys who we are. So for the first fact of the day, Morena, can you tell us a bit about ourselves? Okay, well, my name is Mariana, and I'm 17, and uh, I have six, no, five siblings, <laughs> And I started this podcast because we are in dual enrollment environmental science. And actually, my favorite subject is not science, but math. But still, I really like environmental science. So, yeah. Okay, now that you actually know one of us, let's move on to the next segment. Now, I think it's important we hear both sides of the debate on this question. So, is population moderation necessary? So, if we mention population control, it could sound kind of dystopian or controlling. But in general, countries don't directly employ policies that limit population growth, but they do it in more subtle ways. I feel like when we mention that people think of child, China's one-child policy or even the movie What Happened to Monday, which is a movie that takes place in a dystopian society where families are allowed to only have one child due to overpopulation. To summarize the movie, it follows identical subtuplets, all named after a day of the week, who are all living one secret life. One day, Monday, one of his, of the sisters disappears, and the rest of the girls investigate her disappearance while trying to avoid governmental execution and dangerous infighting. There's so much more. I think it was super interesting. Oh, wow. You remembered a lot. Okay, I watched this movie, like, years ago, but basically, I think they're killing kids if you have more than one or something like that in order to control the population. But yeah, that's basically what I remember because you explained it pretty well. Yeah, it's actually a really good movie. If you guys want to watch it, it's on Netflix. But back to what we were saying. Some opponents opponents of efforts to reduce global population argue that low population growth can actually cause problems for these developing countries. So they say that since the UN predicts that there will be a rise of old people in these countries, there will be fewer 
working age people to pay these retirees pensions and this can then cause economic trouble. Also, many of these opposers argue that predictions of population growth are not always reliable. And then they just mentioned that if there is a bigger population, then more scientific, social, and medical advances could be made. It's sort of like a requirement for advancements to be made. There needs to be a broader variety of people, of course. Well, besides the problem with too many elderly people, I think that these arguments are sort of factless in a sense. They don't have direct evidence to support that whatever they say is true. And we forgot to mention that many of their opposers just don't like the government being involved in their family's life. Like the American Life League, an anti-abortion group, argued, and I quote, the destructive efforts of the contraceptive mentality on the traditional family and on society as a whole, end quote. So again, there is those people that just don't like the government interfering with their life for whatever reason. But I'm going to have to disagree with this mindset and say that the government is not directly prohibiting you from having children, but they just want to give the option to other people who want to plan their families. I agree. And I think that the problem of not enough people providing for the elderly can be solved by the government itself. Retiree benefits could help. And also in some cultures, especially in developing countries, it's actually customary to take care for your elders. Well, now that we addressed counter arguments, we can finally head on to our next segment, how can population growth be moderated? Before we answer today's question, in what ways can the population be moderated, it's important we recognize in which ways governments and programs can actually help with this. In regards to the movie, What Happened to Monday, there are, of course, way less controlling ways in which countries and programs can encourage less children per family. Like family planning options is a huge way in which population growth can be moderated. This means the effort to plan the number and spacing of children a family has. When I think of family planning, I think of planned parenthood where they offer birth control to women and other resources where a woman can plan the number of children she has. And this isn't the only program. There are many other programs or services that offer family planning. I think this would help a lot of women in developing countries. Before we mention that most of the world's population growth comes from developing countries where women usually have more children, so I think educational opportunities would also help a lot because I noticed that in countries where women are more prone to attending school and having a career, they tend to have less children. Though I'm not saying that these women like have to go to school or work, but there should always be the option. I like what Margaret Pollack said about this. She mentioned, mentioned and I quote, future population growth depends on the ability of today's young women and men to make informed, responsible decisions about their health, their families, and their lives, end quote. I think that's really true. If people in developing countries are just given the resources, they could do a lot with it. Of course, there are just, these are just a few ways. And if you are really interested, you can look up the UN's family planning services to those in developing countries. So time's about up for this segment. So to answer our question, are efforts to reduce population growth necessary? We would say yes, due to the strain a large population would put onto developing countries and the natural environment. But before we say goodbye, we want to tell you guys one more fun fact of the day. Right, so today's second and random fact of the day is, did you know the combined weight of the 100 trillion ants on Earth is greater than the combined weight of all 7 billion humans? This doesn't really relate to the topic, but really look at how many ants there are. I mean, are humans the ones we really should be worried about? 
Well, that concludes our topic of the day. Once again, you're listening to the Good Planet Podcast, and thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. See you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.